Yeah. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Dojo. We tried syncing it up. It just did not work. Well, you always fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How are you? How are you? Good to see you. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Dojo. Oh, to my right. Some leadership. Still basking in the Pittsburgh Penguins victory over the San Jose Sharks. That's because he has nothing else going on in his life. From Pittsburgh, Steve Byrne. Yeah. Go ahead. From Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. The city where everything's left it, I guess. Uh, Steve, we have our guest ready to go. Just get to my name. Sorry. Get to my Um, name. Anyway. Yep. All right. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to the All Things Comedy Network. We are approaching our 50th episode, Steve. Very, very excited about that. Super excited. We've had some great shows over the past 50 episodes, and then we've had the ones you've booked. So <laughs> we are on a tear. Yeah. All things drama. You will know those are the All guests things Steve booked. All things drama. Book. Shut the And, uh, yeah, let's add some comedy back into this show. I'm very excited about our guest this week because— I am super pumped, by the way, about to, this because, because you this, know me. Yeah. Uh, well, you, I know you because you're excited on two levels. Yep. Uh, one of your favorite shows is Pawn Stars. Love it. And you're also an avid toy collector. Love it. Yep. So when I was in Vegas a couple of years ago, I met our next guest— on Craigslist show. at 4 a.m. <laughs> at at uh, one of my comedy shows yep. uh, that I did. And uh, he's a big fan of the show that they do out in Vegas every Friday night at the South Point Casino. The Dirty at Called the Dirty at 1230. Yep. My good buddy Gabe Lopez runs it. And I was fortunate to meet this guy through Gabe, uh, Johnny Jimenez, mm-hmm. who is now on the phone with us. Johnny, how are you? Hey, how's it going, Gary? Good. How are you? Um, we're here with Steve as well. Uh, you don't Thank know Thank you Steve. so much, buddy, for taking time. I appreciate it. I Shut the oh, fuck up. T- he oh, might not know God. me because I actually have te- television credits. But anyway, anyway. You and I first met at uh, a dirty show, correct? Yeah, a few years ago, man. It's, it's been a great relationship knowing you and, and seeing you down every time you come down to Vegas, man. Every, I'm sorry about that. I, I was just there over Memorial Day weekend. We had a blast. It was a good time. We were celebrating the dirty show's three-year anniversary, which is a lot of fun. That was great. Yeah, it was a blast. It really was. Uh, by the way, I I was looking at the information on this. I didn't even realize you guys are on your 12th season of the show. Jesus. Yeah, which is crazy. But you know what? Realistically, it should be a lot more than that because, I mean, some seasons, I mean, we had in a ridiculous amount of episodes per season. I mean, sometimes I think we did like 50 or 60-plus episodes in like one season. Oh, wow. Really? And have you been attached yeah. to the show since day one? Yeah, since the beginning. I mean, just – you know, I started watching the show, me and my daughter, and then, you know, out of nowhere, I got a call. I've known the guys for many years, and then we got a call. Uh, they had a Transformer collection, and then they needed somebody to come in. I remember in that one. My opinion on it, yeah. <laughs> I literally remember. And, you had to go to the guy's house, right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to the guy's house. The guy, <laughs> the guy collected from a kid, and then the crazy part, we had to take out, like, half of that room just to film it. So what, oh, what wow. people saw on TV was just, just half of that collection. It was unreal. 
So, so if we rewind for a second, the the show Pawn Stars is based off an actual pawn shop that's in Vegas, which is crazy because Gary, it's twelve seasons. Everybody knows you don't have to describe Pawn Stars, you dipshit. <laughs> no, but there's so the there's, Wheel of Fortune. I don't know if you, if our listeners know what the oh god. Get to no, us. But, 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 but basically, you know, there's all of these pawn shops, and I was talking to Jimmy about this too because I think when people go to the actual pawn shop, they think it's a constant barrage of people being filmed like if you go in they're always taping and that's not true no no it, it it'd be really impossible i mean you know it's uh what we do is we close whoever's in the shop we close the shop and then uh you know we kind of it used to be a lot harder before because people would be trying to sneak cameras out or they stare at the camera and you know those uh the sound guy picks up any little noise so um yeah, it's really hard to have people walking in and out when we're filming. So we close it up, and then we do our scene, and that takes about an hour, an hour and a half, and then we let you know the pawn shop go back to business and open the doors again. And so how often do you get calls to evaluate some of the toys that are coming through there? Well, there's a lot of times we go over there and we don't even film. But usually um, we're over there like maybe three to four times a week, and then when we're filming, uh, we'll get a call from – uh, the producers and they'll let us know, Hey Johnny, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be filming, you know, the next three weeks. So they'll have the experts on standby. And, uh, they, so they just ask us not to leave town or anything. And then, uh, so we'll just kind of be there ready to go. And then, uh, we, we get that call and then we run over there. So it's, uh, and then they have a separate green room for us now. So we're, we're separated from the seller. So if I get there early, um, then, you know, when they're ready for my scene and I just pop up and do my little bit on the show. I like how there's a green room at a pawn shop. <laughs> That's all lo- <laughs> well, luxurious and lavish with shrimp platters. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the producers call it that, but it's really just their little meeting room for, for Rick and the guys, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's great, though. But, you know, in the beginning, it was, it was, it was just such a short it – it was such a small staff for the filming crew. It was like – uh, two camera guys, a sound guy, and there was one assistant. And now, you know, now those guys have their own office, and every single one of those guys has each of their own assistants. So, wow, it, it, the show's just blown up like crazy. So, um, yeah, huh? they have a lot of fun filming, but it, it's definitely a lot different from when we started. This is not a toy question, but how often are you there in the shop and you see people trying to sell Steve Byrne merchandise back to the store? Okay. Anyway, like just trying to get. <laughs> I gotta ask, like what cash is, for gold. What is? I know. In terms of like comic books, I think the Holy Grail is Superman or Action Comics number one. Is there a Holy Grail for toy collectors? Is there one piece that is just? The bee's knees is there, and also I did want to ask, what is your most valuable toy that you possess and own? Uh, well, the the thing is, as far as in general for for toys, there really isn't. Uh, but each toy line has its own holy grail. For for example, you know, there's uh, you know, in in the Star Wars world, you know, there's always those uh, telescoping you know, lifesavers, and then you have uh, the rocket-firing Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and uh, you have a lot of those early variations that are just ridiculous. And then you start getting into a lot of the prototype stuff. That Like, what's the most expensive just... Star Wars figure out on the market right now? What is the one, and how much? Well, well probably, well, it, of course, it's the rocket-firing Boba Fett, and then we had the guy on the show with the only carded known uh, rocket-firing Boba, Boba Fett, which, you know, he was in the $100,000 range. 100000 
Yeah, he was somewhere Holy in that range. Shit. I think that's what he was asking. But Gary, you not, had one you know, of those too, but you lost the rocket in your butthole, right? <laughs> like seven, <laughs> seven or eight years old, I think. You know, it's still there. And, and the same thing with Hot Wheels too. There, there's the rear loader beach bomb, which is a six figure Hot Wheel, and then and then there's trains that you know pull that those kind of numbers too. You know, there's odd variations that went to certain department stores and and that or or a certain dealer got ordered a specific set where they only made like you know, 20 or 30 of them, and those can go for ridiculous amounts of money. How about Beanie but, Babies? Uh, are those done? Are, are, are those, like, because people yeah. are, like, investing in Beanie Babies, oh, yeah. right? Like like a retirement package, and now... Yeah, uh, that was crazy in the late 90s. You know, I remember I remember doing that, going to the different stores and picking those up. But, uh, but you know, the the thing was, was the, the counterfeits were so good, and, and they, were, they weren't really counterfeits, some of them. Some of them were counterfeits, or some of them were backdoor... Um, you know, counterfeits, which means it was made at the factory, but after hours, you know, those people that were making those in like Thailand <laughs> or Malaysia, uh, you know, they're only making like maybe, you know, 50 cents a day, if that maybe a quarter a day. So they were, they were turning those machines on after hours and, and producing these really rare beanie babies that were going, you know, on the secondary market for a few hundred bucks. Reminds so that, me of that, that great really scene hurt. in Jingle All the Way where he's looking for the Turbo Man and they bring him to that warehouse and they, Jim Belushi gives him the Turbo Man and it's like a Spanish one. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't, Gary. I was yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> but but you know, I go all over. I go all over the place looking for stuff. So I'm going to Mexico uh, this coming Thursday. So I'll be out there for a Comic Con and there, there's a lot of rare toys that only came out to Mexico. So there's a lot of. Star Wars figures that were only released in certain colors over there. Oh wow! Um, there was so so I go out there looking for stuff. So and the shows in seventy countries. We're in fifty different languages. So anywhere we go in the world, you know, people know us. It's it's really strange. Are Star Wars figures that we grew up with that are in our closet are they as valuable as as we all think they are, or are they kind of not? Not that, because I know everybody, every guy our age has like a Star Wars figure. So like, oh, I'm going to hold on to it. It's, it's right. worth something. Are they worth anything or are they just, you know, are they just toys? Uh, yeah, most of it. I mean, they have some value, but not like what, what most people think. Yeah, most people, you know, I get, I get a lot of people coming in with their Darth Vader case or 3PO case. And then, you know, they're asking like three or $4,000. And it's uh, usually that's not the case. And a lot of times the weapons is worth more than the figure itself, and a lot of people forget that. So, you know, I'm sure you remember, if you were a kid in the 80s, you remember that sound of uh, your mom or your sister vacuuming up all the weapons for your Star Wars <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where most of that stuff ended up, you know, and that's where a lot of the value is, you know. But, but an incomplete figure doesn't go for a whole lot, but when you have it all complete and the condition's perfect, you know, you, you got a few bucks there. But, you know, we're talking – you know, maybe 20, 30 bucks mm-hmm. per figure, not a few hundred. Is the idea, too, always when somebody comes in and they bring something in, obviously they're puffing out their chest, swinging their dick around, looking for 15 grand. Yeah. You guys offer them three. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, yeah. you know, they're like, there's absolutely no way that I can take three. And then three minutes later, they're walking out with 2,500. Like, like, like <laughs> is it set up like that where it's obviously they're pushing it so high you guys come in on a lower end. I mean, it, it, or is what you're offering them, is that always the bottom line? I mean, obviously, is there a little car salesman in there trying to see what the best value you guys can get for it, too? Yeah, I think it is. I think they just go in there with a lot of confidence. And, you know, they, they, they always believe theirs is better than the one that sold, you know, two weeks before for half the price they're asking. But, uh, um, 
but yeah, I, I think they're just trying to, you know, they've seen the show probably, and, you know, they're just trying to negotiate the best they can possible. But, uh, you know, Rick Rick and the guys are pretty good negotiators. So I, they'd be tough to go against. What, sure. what, what's the biggest, uh, the biggest toy that you've ever bought from somebody, the dollar amount, what was it? Uh, it, it changes all the time because we, we – and, and it's really not one – usually we don't buy one toy, but what's getting – what we're doing a lot of is these big estates. So, you know, I mean, that, that baby boomer generation is getting older. So I can – we'll come into a house where a guy will have, you know, hundred to $200,000 worth of toys. And, he's, you know, he's collected either wind-ups or uh, cast-iron toys or Lionel trains or – you know, so it, it we hit those six-figure numbers, but it, it's in a collection. It's usually not just one specific toy. But we've had uh, – We've had a lot of high-end stuff come in the store, and but it, it's every week now that you know we're getting an email or call, and we're getting something really cool. But we go all over the country looking mm-hmm. for stuff. If you could rank the top three collectible toys out there, would Star Wars be number one? And then I'm just guessing, what would be number two and three? I, I have no idea. Uh, Star Wars, I think yeah, Star Wars would be number one now because of i mean it's always been a hot item but now because disney owns it and now because they're doing a movie every year you're mm-hmm. going to see that franchise and you're going to see the toys continue to go up in value and especially too you you got lego producing a lot of cool star wars stuff i mean there's lego sets that came out in 98 that are worth over 10 grand now what so it, it doesn't always mean that it's the old stuff that goes for a ton of money but you know, there's there's some there's some newer stuff that still hits those high numbers. And then I think secondly, or or right there with Star Wars is Hot Wheels. Um, since Hot Wheels came out in '68, it's just you know um, every single boy grew up with Hot Wheels. And you know, when you get older, then you start recollecting. And uh, you know, that's something that you know people always come in and buy all the time. We have a huge wall of Hot Wheels, and it's not just the new stuff, but the old stuff people go crazy for. And I'd say the third thing. That people come looking for. Um, I mean, it, it's a mix, but you know, Transformers is really hot, and right now the Marvel stuff because of the movies is really hot. So I'd say that they're right there, probably in the third group. But Hot Wheels That's is number stuff. two. Yeah, I would say Hot Wheels is number wow. two, and it, it's right there with Star Wars. I mean, it, it's probably the most collected thing in the world is, is Hot Wheels. Steve's I would not start digging through his garage. Maybe he doesn't have to go on the road this weekend. start dusting shit (laughs) off but i mean are so many like when star wars stuff comes out now right are there people just going out scooping these things up and keeping it in mint condition and in the boxes and then everybody's doing that so that these things are really not as valuable as they think they are because back in the day like when you bought a luke skywalker you rip it open and that was it. You played with it. But nowadays, there's this huge collector's market where everybody's going out and buying it and keeping a mint condition version of it and then maybe opening one up and displaying it. Are, are so many more people doing that so it's so it's devaluing the price of these collectibles maybe in the future? Yeah, I mean, typically before, a toy would take like 20 to 30 years to, to appreciate, I mean, to really become a collectible. And I mm-hmm. think now the newer stuff's going to take a lot longer. Because back then, of course, you know, nobody um, – and usually that number where you get to that number is, um, you know, the kids play with it, and then they grow up, they go to college, mom throws the toys out, and then that kid's looking for it. So that – but, you know, with the stuff now, everybody's keeping it, you know, in, in unopened and taking care of it, and they kind of know what it is. 
But I think those toys might take a lot longer than that to appreciate. Like, how much are Gary's strawberry shortcakes worth? Because you play with those a lot when you were little, right, Gary? They have a little staining on them, though. Yeah. There's some minor staining. <laughs> I know. Are, do, men, do men collect more than women, or is it, or is it pretty even? Because I think, you know, with girls, when at least in the 80s growing up, it's like they had Barbie, but it's like we had G.I. Joe, we had He-Man, we had Transformers. So... Is it does it slant more men or is it e- evening out now? No, no. I would say in the late nineties, we had a lot more women collecting, but you know, since then, it, I haven't seen too many women. It's it's like ninety percent men and maybe ten percent women that come in and, and buy the older stuff. Oh wow! And okay. even what what's funny is we, you know we have My Little Pony and stuff, and I have all these. I have a section for that. And there's a there's a group of of guys. They're called bronies. So it's it's guys who collect My Little Pony. So you they, should see Gary's new. That that's your new women. tattoo, right? That's the name of my new CD. <laughs> that's yeah, bronies. Okay, but there's <laughs> men that collect Gary at the at the brony convention. <laughs> so there's men that collect My Little Ponies. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of men and and younger guys that are that are into the My Little Pony. Like as a joke uh, or for real? Like, are they doing it like? No, for real. Like kind they're, of... they're dead serious. Yeah, it's not a joke at all. Oh, and, wow. and do they comb and, and, the and tail? There's like, because does it come with a comb? And do, do they comb they, the well, tail? Well, what they do? You know, yeah, they, they do. come in. I, a lot of them come in with tails. They're wearing tails, and they uh, and they have the paws on the hand. And I mean, they're really serious about it. Wow. But um... <laughs> by, by by the way, was was the. Atari 2600, was that ever something that was worth any money or because it was so mass-produced, it was never worth any money? Outside the box, it doesn't go for a whole lot. I mean, some of the games, but right now it's just, it, with that kind of stuff, it's the box. And, and the box is worth probably about two times, about two, three times as much as the actual unit. Are you kidding me? But, uh, the yeah. one, the thing you open up, ripped open, discarded immediately. That's worth more than the actual console. Yeah, and there's variations on the box that go for more. Like we had a sealed one. It was a McDonald's promo we just sold recently. I think it was like eight, nine hundred. But you know, Jesus. the Nintendos though, the Nintendos are a lot more valuable than the Atari. And why is that? Why are the uh, why are the Nintendos so valuable? You you mean in the box or just in general? Uh, just in general, the game, it, it's just cause this new generation of kids, they relate more to the Nintendo stuff than they do the Atari because of, you know, of course, Mario, Zelda, you know, a lot of those games are still around, but, um, yeah, the Atari stuff, just not so much, but there's a lot of other oddball systems that came and went in that era, the early eighties. In that, television? That do, yeah. There's a, there was a ton of those that, that, uh, just you know, came and gone. They didn't produce a lot of them, and those can get very expensive. What do people come in walking in? Like, what what what's the number one toy that people come walking in? They come in with a swagger, thinking it's worth a lot, thinking that they're going to pay their rent for the next three months, and then you just kick them out, and they leave with shame because they <laughs> made no money. It, I would I would have to say it's Star Wars for sure. It, it's just because people think anything Star Wars is is just worth so much money. Yeah, usually a lot of people think that. You know, and you get the guy that comes in and he says, "Hey, my kid needs to go to college. What what can you do?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Are you serious?" I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of that. You feel bad, but Yeah, you know. tell him to go and to every, Penn State. Okay. What's so funny is when it's when they do have the valuable stuff, it's usually they come in and say, "Yeah, I want, you know, you know, 100 bucks." It, it it's really it's 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 just back and forth sometimes. But um but yeah, we get we get a lot of 
every day. I mean, there's a line of people at the store just coming in to sell stuff. And, you know, if, you know, when they do, there's, there's been a situation where I bought this uh, atomic energy lab and it's, it's considered to be one of the more dangerous toys ever made. It was a chemistry set in 1950 and it had uranium and plutonium samples inside of it. <laughs> really? And it was intended. Yeah, it was intended for kids to learn about chemistry. <laughs> back then. It wow! Even, it even had a working Geiger counter that came with it. Really? It Is it called an yeah, ISIS so had, an ISIS reach ISIS research kit? That sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. Right? It's, but yeah, it's, it's an atomic energy lab, it, and some some uh, older lady came in and she wanted like three hundred bucks for it. But it, I mean, it's worth like four or five grand. But we ended up giving her uh, enough money to take all of her grandkids to Disneyland. She was just, she couldn't believe it. But, uh, but yeah, we're pretty fair with people when they come in. Yeah, I was just going to say, is there ever a time where somebody walks in with a toy and you're like, holy shit, I want that thing? And you're like, ah, this isn't worth any money, but I'll throw you 50 bucks. <laughs> 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 you're playing it cool because no. you really want it. Th- Have you ever personally bought a toy? Like you, you buy it and, and then you just – it, take it because you really want it for your collection well th- there was a time uh about a year ago a guy came in with a pickup and he had all these toys uh, a lot of pick and save stuff uh you know kmart it was kind of the more you know not so desirable stuff but it was a lot of it was from the 70s early 80s stuff you know and it, there was some decent stuff in there but but he had these little racks of uh, matchbox cars and hot wheels well there was this one hot wheel that was just, you know, glowing at the bottom of the pile. So I reached in there and, and it, I needed that, that car. So it, it was a, it's a boss Haas Mustang and it's a pink over Chrome, which is super rare. So I picked that up and I said, what do you want for everything? Uh, he wanted 800. So I said, all right, I'll mm-hmm. give you uh, 1250. And uh, I, I could care less about everything else. I would have paid him probably a thousand dollars just for that one hot wheel. Oh, wow. But, yeah, and that hot wheel is about probably about twenty two hundred or twenty four hundred, but uh, you know that you know that and that went right in my collection. And I was I I was offered even uh, maybe a week later three thousand for that hot wheel, but it was uh, it, yeah it wasn't going anywhere. It was going to go on my shelf. Do you think guys that sell you their big collection, whether it's action figures or matchbox cars, whatever it is, do you think that they take the money that you give them, they take it and they lose their virginity with it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, they are in Vegas, so I mean, you know, it's possible. Do people but, uh, also? Here, here's my other thing too. Do they also like jump around? Like they'll come to your pawn shop, right? See what it's worth, and then will they just go price shopping around at other pawn shops in the neighborhood to see how much of a price difference they can get at other pawn shops? Yeah, people do that sometimes, and 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 they always end up coming back. Usually, I mean, we're, we're we get. We get we we get really good prices for the stuff we have in store because uh, we get a lot of tourists that come in and you know they a lot of the stuff they could never find in their country so they'll come in and pay a premium so for that reason we're able to offer more for a lot of the stuff that we that we buy from the public. What about these like sideshow collectibles now that they have where they're really really like detailed and lifelike and they're doing star wars and all the dc and the marvels and i mean they're like 250 sometimes 500 dollars a figure like are these worth buying to even take out of the box or do you just are are too many people buying them so that they're not even going to be worth what we think they might be in the future are they worth like 
quote unquote like an investment or is it just like, yeah, it's I, just a toy. It's just a little more you paid for it. Well, I think with those kind of companies that are out in the market that, um, they don't make, they don't mass produce them too much. I mean, they make a lot of them, but not enough to where it just saturates the market. Mm-hmm. And I think that they understand, uh, the market so so they don't always re-release the old figure so when they do something usually they try to keep that uh they try to keep that figure um you know because some of these other companies they'll re-release that same car or that same figure you know every other year mm-hmm. and i think those companies understand the market and they they don't want to um you know if they they start re-releasing these toys all the time they know that they're gonna hurt that market and i i, I believe that um you know, they'd be hurting themselves by doing that. So I think that um, you'll see an increase in value in a lot of that stuff. So if you do buy any of those sideshow collectible, you buy it, keep it in the box, or keep the box I, and everything and all that stuff, and maybe it'll be yeah, worth something. I I always believe, you know, just carefully take it out the box, just keep the box, but enjoy it. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I enjoy a lot of my stuff, and I have a lot of my stuff displayed. So it's... Uh, it's important to, to enjoy it, you know, so I, I, I would suggest, you know, take it out the box carefully and display it and enjoy it for, you know, 10, 20 years. And then when the time comes and, and you're ready to get rid of it, you know, you can make some money. Well, what, is, what has been the one that's gotten away for you? Is there one toy that's come through the big one that got away that you just, it, it gnaws at you to this day? Uh, well, the one was, the Hot Wheel, the the rear loader beach bomb that I, that I was able to appraise on the show, you know that was something that uh, that that's on my want list. But you know, just you know, I don't believe the guy was ready to sell. But I, you know, I told Rick if you're able to make a deal, I'd be interested in it. And uh, but you know, they just weren't able to come to terms. Mm-hmm. I think Rick offered him like seventy grand for it. Wow! Jesus. But that that was some that would be something I'd, I'd display at my store for everybody to come and see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because you, know, you, I mean, you have a store, right, in Vegas? Yeah we're, yeah, we're right downtown on Fremont Street and Las Vegas Boulevard. Our neighbor is, of course, Hard Tech Grill, where if you weigh over 350 pounds, you eat for free. Oh, yeah, so, I know where that is, yeah. You're right by the zip line, right, at the end of it? Yeah, we're right there, right, right by the zip line. Uh, we're inside of Neonopolis right there. But my oh, store nice. on the weekends will open until midnight, and we're open you know, all year long. We never close. And what is the most valuable toy that you have on display in your store? Well, we had some 12 back uh, Star Wars figures. You know, those go anywhere from 1,200 to to 3,000 apiece on a, a few of those. And then we have uh, some co- early comic books. Uh, we have uh, the Atomic Energy Lab. I was telling you about that's like about <laughs> five or six grand. Oh wow! Uh, we have a ton of pre-war Lionel trains that get really expensive, and I even have some cast iron banks uh, from you know the late 1800s. Those go in the three to four thousand dollar range so it it varies a lot but we you know my store is probably the most diversified toy store uh, you'll see i mean we got you know funko um, pops the new stuff and then we also have um you know like i said toys going over 100 years ago but uh, we have early german toys we have uh, world war ii uh you know even nazi soldiers you know so there's there's a little bit of everything in the store why do why do why are people willing to spend ten a hundred thousand dollars in your opinion I, I mean I you know I think we all have our own answers but you you're an expert what is your expert opinion on 
why people are willing to pay this money for these toys? Well, I, I think a lot of it is that, um, you know, I think a lot of it is, is some of these, uh, especially some of my um, customers that, that are just fanatics. But I think what it is is, you know, maybe uh, I know guys that are, that are millionaires now and, you know, when they were young, they grew up very poor and, and then, you know, they've accumulated their wealth when they're older. So now that, you know, they're able to, to get the toys that they were never, never able to get when they were young. And then, and then there's just some people who just, um, you know, they're just not into the, you know, I, I'm one of those people, you know, I go out and stuff, but not, not all the time. I mean, I get more excited going into a, you know, somebody else's toy store, picking up some, um, some things to add to my collection. So, it's just a natural high sometimes, and I think that that's part of it. Right. It is crazy because when I when Conan was filming in San Diego last year, mm-hmm. after every show they were giving away these Conan pop toys, uh, you know, just of him in different characters, and people were waiting outside of the theater willing to buy pop toys from people that were in the show for two $300, and I think that that was what yeah. you were saying, like, because I think they look at it at some point down the road that they're going to be worth some money, whether or not that that's true or not. Like, what about Happy Meal toys? Are those are those as... Because po- I remember I had, like, neighbors that would save all the glasses from McDonald's right. thinking one day these are going to be worth something. <laughs> are, like, are all those Happy Meal toys, are those something that you see a lot, and are, are they pretty valuable, or are they just not as popular not- or as... Yeah, not as big as they were. I mean, I know there were for for a time there in the late '90s, they were you know people were starting to collect them and get into them, but not so much anymore. I mean, some of the earlier earlier stuff I think started to get there, but but in general, it uh, most of that stuff doesn't go for a whole lot, you know. But you know, you're still I, I think you you can get what you had in it, but you you might get a few bucks a figure on on some of those uh, licenses that. They didn't produce a toy line for. Mm-hmm. They they tend to go up a little bit, but in general, a lot of the the McDonald's toys they just made too much of it, and I think too many people saved it. It it, it is crazy because I remember. Do you remember they made a uh, it was like a big wheel, but with gears. It was called the Green Machine. Oh yeah, yes. remember that thing? I remember yeah. that thing? Yeah. And I remember going into Costco like a couple of years ago when they remade it. It was, but but. I, I knew that somebody came out with an adult version of it, like an adult green machine. But remember, oh, really? <laughs> remember if you look at those things, like how crazy, ridiculously unsafe those things were, like so low to the ground. You know, I mean, no no car could possibly see you and just kids driving those erratically. I just remember as a kid, for me, the green machine was the toy to have. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it was a cool toy. I mean, those, and the big wheel, I remember just ripping that seat off and then just, just, Smashing down the hill with that—that that was a lot of fun. Back then. <laughs> don't, I remember always—I remember always driving somebody's big wheel that had just a, a hole in the front tire. So every two seconds, you make that big chipping noise. But the <laughs> the big wheel—if you built up enough speed, you turn it to the left and you pull up on the yeah, handbrake. Yeah, remember the right, handbrake? Yeah, yeah. And you could do some nice little twisties. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. By the way, yeah, just just yeah, that, just that out of curiosity, of how do you become the toy expert? Like, what's the what's the back? Like, how do you you know? I mean. Are you like a a middle aged guy hanging out at toy shops and get arrested eventually? And people are like, "What's going on here?" Well, how do you, how do you become well, a toy dad, expert? My dad grew up. Uh, he collected cameras and coins, and and I, I just remember um, as a young kid, we just go from house to house buying stuff, and I'd always ask if there was a if they had any old toys, and 
And I remember forever in a day, it was just, it was always like a $20 bill. That's all it was. It was like, yeah, I got my son's toys. It could be a huge box of toys or a little box of toys. And and it was always $20 forever. And then, um, and yeah, and I accumulate these toys and and I go and resell them on the weekend. Some some of them I keep. And, you know, I remember a few times there when I was like maybe nine, 10 years old, I, I, I made over a thousand dollars in one deal. Jesus. And uh, it it was just unreal, but that you know. And then my dad took it more serious, and they supported me when they seen that you know I was making an income on it. But uh, and ever since then, I've just been going at it, and it never meant anything. I always had other things that I did, and but that was just a hobby up until like you know ten, twelve years ago. We started to get into the toys here in Vegas, and then um, and then the show happened, and then it just you know elevated our status, and then. You know, now we, we get visitors from all over the world. And and if you were to tell somebody a piece of advice right now, what what's a toy somebody should buy now that'll be big in 20 years? I mean, hard to say, but what, what what's one thing? What do you think? Like something Star Wars? What, what, what would be one thing that you'd say somebody should jump into right now? Well, if you're buying the older stuff, uh, you know, spend the extra money and buy the carded stuff or buy the better condition. You know, so if you're gonna, if you're if your intention is to save something, you know, go in and and if you're gonna if you're gonna collect the vintage, spend the five hundred or spend the thousand dollars, and and get the higher graded stuff if you can. Uh, if you're gonna collect the newer stuff, I think Funko's doing really well. Um, a lot of their stuff's fantastic, and I, Legos is doing really good too. So, you, uh, and I'd get the license set. So you get the Batman sets, the Star Wars set, a lot of those licenses that are doing really good. And you you can't go wrong with that, you know. You, you just you know put it away and, and take care of the boxes, and I think you got a great investment there. Well, we absolutely love watching the show. It love was, it. It was so great that you were able to call in, and I was so happy when I got to see you at the third year anniversary show. So, so much yeah, me fun. Too. I mean, we we are Steve and I are both uh, huge toy nerds, and we love the show on on the History Channel. It's it's and and by the way, anytime somebody ever tries to resell Steve's CD, it's always packaged. Nobody okay. ever takes the packaging <laughs> off. Okay. And that Anyways, just, that has nothing to do thank with anything. you. Johnny, Th- honestly, thank you so much Johnny, for calling in. Johnny, thank you so much for calling thank in. We appreciate guys. it. And we'll cool. definitely see you the next time we're in Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Come say hi, man. You guys take care. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, Johnny. All the Johnny. best, bud. Take care. That was awesome. Johnny Jimenez from the Hit Show Pawn Stars. Love him. I, I I have like so many toys in my like garage and well yeah, it was I'm funny just, when you did I the, take them all out of when the... you did the pilot for Esquire you brought all of the toys around yeah and and decorated the set with your toys from your garage but you know what's funny is my daughter is huge into Star Wars so all she does is she dresses up in a Ray costume yeah. every day everywhere we go she's dressed up as Ray and I have all these old Star Wars action figures. And she plays with them, and I'm like, oh, don't, don't, don't touch with those. those, those, those. <laughs> so I've been on eBay buying all the old school Star Wars figures. Sure. So she has her own collection, and she could play with them. And I just buy these beaters. They're like 4 or $5 yeah. a figure. But it's like you look on the back, it's a 77 made in Hong sure. Kong. It's like it's amazing that a four-year-old in 2016 gets the same joy out of something that we all had you know, in 77, 78, 80, whatever, all those, all those Star Wars years. And they're just uh, timeless, I guess. So it's it's pretty awesome to see. Especially considering that you would assume your daughter's embarrassed by you. Uh, but that was great. Johnny Jimenez. Jeez, you, you thought it was Jiminy's. <laughs> I never said anything. Jimenez. Uh, From the I Hitchell Pawn Stars. 
Couldn't be happier with him. That Funny. was a great conversation. Yes. Um, we're going to keep going, right? We're hitting Episode the road together. 50, coming up soon. Climbing up to 50. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Gentlemen's Dojo, at Canon Comedy, at Steve Byrne Live. All things comedy. All things comedy. Thank you.